Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Lance, producer and host over at The Night Nerd. You can find us everywhere at The Night Nerd, just N-I-G-H-T-N-E-R-D. Cool, cool. And today we're talking about Minute 128 of Suicide Squad, which is going to start with the conclusion of the uh, Bruce Wayne and Amanda Waller end credit scene. And then it's going to resume the credits. Uh, and I wanted to say like just the regular credits, but even the regular credits have some sort of Star Wars thing going on with it. So we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, but first, let's uh, let's jump back into... Uh, Amanda Waller and Bruce Wayne and so Amanda Waller has just given Bruce Wayne a ton of information about metahumans and who they are where they live everything you could ever possibly know about them are they one pagers that booklet Mm -hmm. they're just one page I mean it could be front and back I'm not sure that's a lot of them that's a big book big book minute can we call that do do credits have funny titles it is a big book it is a big book minute. It's a big manual. Like, it's a manual. It's like a, it's a big document. Who's that? Jason? Is that, oh, that's, that's or, the... I'm sorry, Arthur? That's the, uh, the, oh. the our, our good old Gil guy. Yeah. We're on first name basis. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We know each other. Yeah, it is. It's a top secret information about um, Arthur Curry and... Uh, Man, I do not know these characters' names. I keep saying Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa. Barry Allen. Barry Allen. Arthur Curry. Arthur Curry. I'm sorry. Um, Are you reading anything? Can you see it all? It's just... Did we say starts and ends? I did. Missed it. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's it's information about, like, their name, address, zip code, all all, uh, social security. Can you see a specific, like, uh, address and everything? Can we send mail to it, Mark? That's what I want. No. I need to. Can I? Do I need to go buy a couple more stamps? No, you cannot. You know um, how much? You know how expensive stamps are now? Like eighty cents or something. Right? Really? That was an actual question I had. Eighty cents for a stamp? Come on. May, I don't know if they're that much, but I think they're like in the set. Well, now they have like different ones. They have priority stamps. They have regular stamps. They have. It just. I don't know what they're trying to do there. <laughs> just they're trying to uh, get us at every corner and not fade into obscurity mm-hmm. um and so as she gives this information over to bruce wayne she's asking bruce wayne um why do you want this kind of information what would bruce wayne want with this kind of information and he says i just want friends is that what he says he says i would like to make friends oh that's nice um, I'm still stuck on just these pages. There's a lot of blacked out stuff on Aquaman's page there. A lot of redacted, if you will. Sure. Is that topical? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think it is? I feel like is? that's a very Bruce Wayne thing to say, though. Like, oh, I just want to make friends because he's still playing up the I'm Bruce Wayne, I'm funny billionaire playboy philanthropist guy just mm-hmm. uh, with a weird curiosity about stuff. When, you know, with, like uh, in The Dark Knight, when he jumps in the pool, you know, almost every time you see Batman, at the first week we talked about how every time you see him, we have to see his parents get killed. But every time we see Bruce Wayne, we also have to see him be kind of not kooky, flashy. But, yeah, established that he's not Batman. Mm-hmm. 
which is i mean i love that when you can actually have the separation between the two characters um i think it's a little cool that he says i would like some friends it's like the opposite of what amanda waller was doing Mm -hmm. and i feel like uh her hearing that instead of you know her hearing well no i'm going to make a force uh just like yours but instead of putting bombs in their neck we're actually going to be all accountable for and hold to justice you know instead of it being that heavy-handed it's the opposite so instead of oh you had a team with their bombs in their villains with the bombs in their neck well i just want to make some friends like i want i want the good guys yeah and um again this is we tend to overlook that it's bruce wayne trying to find metahumans and 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 we very quickly we're just like okay it's batman trying to set up the justice league Mm -hmm. and it's like to put it to make it a little more tangible uh for real life it's like okay this is your elon musk or it may be even like your i I don't want to say martin screlly but that's like that'd be more lex Luthorish. but it's like you have these very rich people who are in no way affiliated with the government but they're like i would like to have space <laughs> or flamethrowers <laughs> or some sort of power. And it's like, I could see a billionaire being like, well, I want my bodyguards to be metahumans. Like I would like to have friends. Well, and I want my car in space. Yeah. And it's like, this could like, should be more easily seen as like a billionaire wants metahumans as well. Like metahumans exist. That's the hottest thing on the market right now. If you are a metahuman, I want to be friends with you. And so seeing it as like a Bruce Wayne thing, if you didn't know he was Batman, it's like that play with the devil, Amanda Waller. It's like that kind of exchange where you're making that deal so you can get your hands on metahumans as well. That's that's kind of important and it's kind of scary. Um, but, you know, the other layer is the fact that he is Batman and he's actually trying to form what we know as the Justice League. So uh, it's just kind of interesting to see it in that light. It gets kind of lost in translation. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, she's she does bring up that thing where it's like, it's funny how you want to see them as friends uh, when I see it as leverage to get what I want. Like to use these metahumans as just tools or weapons. Like they're not people, they're assets. Mm-hmm. And I, we the government's always owned them. Now I just get to use them. And so it it's that it's that difference between the two characters. I think it's good that they actually show it. I think that then then at this point this scene is validating. It's very so validated. We we talked a little bit last minute about uh the end of Dawn of Justice and his maybe interactions with Wonder Woman. I think that he had, he knows about Wonder Woman, obviously, but I feel like Waller doesn't have a whole lot of info on her because I don't think they would have missed a chance to put Gal in there, too. You know, that's why we have mm-hmm. Enchantress instead of just having just the Justice League members. And I think that's another way, you know, that even though they help each other, they still both play a lot of cards real close to their chest and don't want to um, give give everything away. And I, I don't, I don't know. Do you think Waller has as much info on Diana as she does on Barry and Arthur? 
I don't know. I feel like my mind immediately goes to Lex was the first one to have all this. Like the U.S. government didn't have the metahuman things until they probably maybe seized Lex's stuff. But right before that, Bruce stole the encrypted data. Diane stole the encrypted data from him. Um, And then Bruce ultimately found the picture and all of these things. So do you think it was just something that Bruce took out and kept for himself and didn't give uh, Amanda Waller or the U.S. military any information on Diana? I think think Amanda Waller only has information for Barry Allen and Arthur Curry. She doesn't... She... I think... For certain, not cyborg. She doesn't have any idea about cyborg. I don't think anyone knows about cyborg. Yeah, I guess if you keep things in the red room, they're not leaving that stuff. Yeah, because Lex Luthor got because the the deal he made with Senator Barrows, he mm-hmm. got full access to Star Labs. Mm-hmm. Silas works in Star Labs, so of course he got footage of cyborg being created. And then Silas was like, "No one's allowed to see this. I got to keep my son home all the time. He's not allowed to go out." Like. I've created a monster, and I need that guy to not be seen. You ever saw that Frankenstein movie? Yeah, just like that Frankenstein movie. I think it's a lot like that Frankenstein movie, Mark. Yeah, and so that's the situation where it's like nobody except Batman, Alfred, and Lex Luthor, and Silas know about... That's still a lot of people. And Wonder Woman. (laughs) Like, only Uh. there's that footage, and and no one else has seen that footage um, except those four people. And counting. And so Amanda Waller doesn't know about Cyborg. And with Wonder Woman, it, it had always been about the photo. Like the photo was the evidence. And the only one who had that photo was, or he didn't even have the photo. Lex Luthor had a copy of the photo. And then it wasn't until Wonder Woman, the film, where Batman found the original photo. He sent it, he mailed it to her at the, the, the Louvre. The Louvre. And he was like, I found the original. Maybe one day you can tell me that story. We'll get to that movie. But anyways, that photo was the only bit of evidence until Lex Luthor started hacking into ATM cams in France and stuff and being like, look, I found her again, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to send her an invite to this cool gala. It's not that cool, Lex. So in your mind, is the Wonder Woman stuff redacted from what the government sees us? I think government doesn't know about her you think bruce took all that information and was like i got it 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 and nobody knows about what happened in the wonder woman film it was just her so thinking how so if she has things on arthur and barry how does she not have things on wonder woman i think mi6 would have that that's some that's a different franchise <laughs> that exists though <laughs> Um, I got Quantum of Solace on Blu-ray. You want to watch it? Does isn't MI6 a real thing? They, sure. They also bring that up. Doesn't MI6 also exist in the uh, Mission Impossible franchise? Yeah. Yes, it's a, but it's, it's the British version of the CIA. Like, yeah, yeah. They have MI5 and MI5 and Mission Impossible. And because it was World War One, it was like the U.S. had no involvement. MI6 is James Bond. That's fictional. Yeah, but that would be people who would know about this Wonder Woman mm-hmm. event that happened in this small town near Germany. Like, the U.S. would have no... Because it was. They wouldn't even a ha- European they wouldn't even thing? They wouldn't even own redacted information because the U.S. had no knowledge of this happening. 
And so that's why I'm saying like this photograph that this person took, once Lex found out about it, because Lex's lineage is from Germany, it's like there was a tether there. There was some weird happenstance where he was like, this is a metahuman mm-hmm. who existed and I want to know more about him. So I'm going to invite all these guys to my gala. And I think that's why those two characters aren't in this scene. Okay. Anyone else have a... No, it, it makes sense in my head. <laughs> Just putting it to words is probably a little bit iffy. Yeah, it's a little stretch, but I think... in Plus, you know, if you look at... That was before the United Nations, and that was before... So, I mean, there's stuff that, much like Amanda Waller, probably even in today's time, didn't share with, oh, hey, yeah, I have a whole team of metas that is doing something. So especially back then, they probably either erased all evidence of it. You know, they didn't want the the Nazis getting a hold of any information about metas. Maybe that was like their secret weapon. So... That that could be part of it too. Is they just destroyed any proof in that single photograph, which once it's out there, it's out there. But mm-hmm. that may be like the kind of the one of the only pieces of evidence that has survived over the last you know almost hundred years, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I think it's not being said in the scene, but. This is Bruce Wayne showing up for this information. He's, you know, a billionaire playboy philanthropist. Like, I am I would like to invest in the metahuman uh, business. Um, but I think what's not being said is that Batman is saying, hey, I know what you did in Chicago, like, or Midway City. Like, I'm here because of that. Not, I'm, I'm not here because I'm Bruce Wayne. Do you think... Um the Wayne Foundation probably got into like the um you know rebuild midway kind of deal if if Amanda's saying like you know people are starting to ask a lot of questions about Midway City and we can't have that you think it's like a Wayne Enterprises cover up where they just come in and start rebuilding things and it's like the Lex Luthor type Some- thing where they just kind of forget about it and it's like oh well you know Bruce Wayne's rebuilding the city and a uh, good guy instead of oh he's sweeping everything under his mat under his cape, if you will. Something that I kind of got last episode that I, I thought about it real quickly, but I kind of dismissed it because there's not enough evidence evidence to support it. But I started to get somewhat of uh, Ebbing's of Batman Incorporated kind of feel of like him with Amanda Waller, the, the, the aftermath of Midway City. And it's like, you're under my protection. And it's like his... Mm, you got you to gotta have a Midway Batman. His, 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 the scope of his jurisdiction... You know, the infamous Batman jurisdiction. Like, I was starting to get, like, a bit of a Batman Incorporated feel. Mm. Because you're seeing this this business talk Batman and not so much, like... Business talk Batman. Detective Batman. I don't know. That's good. I like that. I mean, that. He, he, he talks about wanting to make friends and... I, I think that... I don't. I don't know. I feel like the the back half of the or the very end of the conversation because I guess technically this is the back half of the conversation, but the back half of the back half, where he he already in his head has these friends, you know, because he tells her 
she says, you know, stop staying out late or whatever. And he says, shut it down or me and my friends will. So right there, it's in the plural. So I don't know if he's referring to Superman and Wonder Woman or Wonder Woman and these other people that he's seeking out. I think it's, I don't know, like it's, it's all a weird, y'all, you ever talk, last minute we talked about how it's kind of a, a poker game, but it's like a mixture of poker and chess and chicken mm-hmm. all at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good, good reference to add in, you know, checkmate uh, ability with Amanda Waller and stuff like that. Um, poker game, I think definitely. I feel like uh, Bruce is, I think the, or me and my friends will stop it, is a bluff. A little bit of speculation, a little bit of hopeful thinking possibly. Um of of him and Wonder Woman. Possibly Vic. I don't really know the timeline of all that stuff. But I think it is him and Wonder Woman. If not, then it would just be him and Commissioner Gordon. And that's not really... And Alfred. Yeah, Alfred. I, yeah, God, can't forget him. And that doesn't really seem like something that would take down, you know, Amanda Waller's government thing. But, I, I mean, feel he like is Batman, it, it, so in his mind, he thinks he probably could take him down by himself. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, dang, then then it just then my argument is invalid at that point. I think the, it's a bluff. The, the The poker game part of it um, is the fact that Amanda Waller knows his hand. That's the poker game, and that's all she needed to know. She didn't need uh, like actual leverage from Bruce Wayne, where it was like. Uh, I give you this, you give me this. It's more of like the fact that we're meeting here is confirming my read that those pocket aces that you have are that you are Batman. And like, I, I'm going to call you out right now before you leave this room. You should stop working nights. And it's like, I just need you to know that I know this. You took the phrase right out of my mouth. I don't know if I want to say her knowing that he's Batman is a pocket aces. Maybe just the one ace. I don't think she's seeing his full hand. I think he's showing her what he kind of wants to show her. Yeah, there's a little bit of a surprise taken aback when she says stop working nights. But also, we have to remember, this is Batman and this is Bruce Wayne that's seven steps ahead of everybody. So I think maybe him being, yeah, him being surprised of like, you should stop working late nights. This is Batman doing it for 20 years. Should he really be that surprised that someone like Amanda Waller knows what he's doing? He's already breaking the rules. He's already branding people and not caring what they think, what the general public thinks about Batman. Batman is there to, you know, to to be um, judge, jury, and executioner at this point. Yeah, he's having a little bit of a reform session going on after the events of the death of Superman. But still, I think like 20 years in, I think he's probably like... Yeah, why wouldn't Amanda Waller know that I'm Batman? I'm Batman. So maybe his little quick turnaround might be playing to the case of Bruce Wayne with the little surprise factor. I don't think Amanda Waller is seeing his full hand in the poker thing. I think he's showing her, look, I got, I mean, he gets whatever the terms are. You get the two, you flip the one, and that's the ace. Mm -hmm. This could be another ace, but that also could be... A bluff. A, some, I was trying to think of something that wouldn't be good in that kind of sense. Oh, it's like a you, seven. You just have a high card. Yeah. That's it. And like you don't have like you don't have the rest. You don't have the whole set. Exactly. You're just bluffing that you have the last one. Yeah. The, yeah. I get what you're saying. I just think that um, Amanda Waller 
has to at at some point be a little victorious in being like like you have been this reckless batman and just like any of the robins would eventually they go hey batman sometimes you are lying out of your ass and it's like like you said like batman's always like seven steps ahead it's like i think he wants people to think that and it's like most robins whether it's Damien, Dick, Tim, they would all just be like, especially Jason, he'd be like, listen, Batman, shut the hell up. Like, mm-hmm. you're not that great. And it's like, you've actually been sometimes very reckless and like the worst. And it's like, sometimes you have Amanda Waller, that kind of character who's just like, I know you. And it's like, you're, you, ha- you think you have this poker face, but you don't. And I'm reading you like a book right now kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. It is. It. I guess that's just that's just this cat and mouse game that they continue to play. So my question, and this is something that harkens back to our Joker discussion at the first of the week. I feel like this scene is either just a hair too long, or could have been a lot longer. You know, because we get very brief snippets of kind of what's going on, but it's not enough to uh you know really just dive into the characters and the moment as much as we were talking about how much this is a fan service moment and a movie moment there's still a lot that can be said or that can go on here um you know if he would have seen his own paper in those files or something or uh instead of walking out you know if he would have gotten in her face i think that would have been a little more poignant you know if he instead of just saying hey shut it down mm-hmm. watch what you're doing you know if he would have like gotten in her face and said shut it down or we'll shut you down or something I've, i just feel like and again this kind of goes back to comic book fan me versus movie fan me i feel comic book fan me it, it's cool it's a cool scene um sets up stuff pays off stuff and everything but Movie fan me, I feel like they could have, like I said, either done a little bit more or a little bit less, and the scene would have been a lot more impactful. Mm-hmm. I'll give you this: if it, if we're going um, movie scene, um, a good sh- you know flex of the acting muscle would be that switch that um, Ben has for his Batman and Bruce Wayne. Where this, you know, the whole desk conversation could have been Playboy philanthropist Bruce Wayne talking, and then stand up, and then you know stop working late nights, and then he flips that switch to turn that smile into a scowl mm-hmm. and go mm-hmm. into her face and turn on the Batman thing and say, you "Shut it down, or me and my friends will." Dark and ominous. Then that is Batman talking and not Bruce Wayne. Yeah, the when he says like I, I like to make friends, and he was saying that as Bruce Wayne. Uh, throw that little smirk that you had when he, you were talking to Clark Kent at the gala, like or those shoes, and yeah, and do this bit of like looking around and like not really making eye contact and be just like, I just, just like very flamboyant. Bruce Wayne was like, I just like to make friends. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, like I hear better humans are the hottest thing, and she goes, you should stop working nice. And he's like, all right, shut that down mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. and that's like, just go into Batman mode. Yeah, and it's just like, that's. That's how you would be like, whoa. That's movie scene right there. Yeah. But I'm 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 in agreement with you, Lance. With this is this is good fan service for comic book fans. Mm-hmm. Movie fans could have been dialed 
to 11 where it's at a seven right now yeah well and i think that's kind of a a burden of this is we know viola davis and ben affleck have the ability to give stellar you know academy award nominated performances and here it's just kind of like well what you feel i guess in a bad way that yeah they're just sitting at the table like okay cool uh i'm just waiting on this check to clear so Mm -hmm. can i have that file now yeah Yeah. and yeah you know i I, like you said either the i think i think we all kind of agree like yeah if he flipped that batman switch there at the end that would have been like okay yeah Mm -hmm. then it would have been standing ovation in the theater yeah yeah because that's the last note. Because there's not a end credit scene, right? Yeah, there's just this scene. Or is there an yeah, end credit no, scene? No, it's just, no, this it's is just this. this. Yeah. And, well, that's another thing. Like, you could have had the Harley breakout be either this scene and this be at the end, or have the Harley breakout scene be at the very end. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have either way uh, flown, gone over a little bit better. But they don't they don't ask me <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> i just and part of it is greedy me i want more mm-hmm. ben affleck i oh yeah i love the guy and he, much like the jared leto we were talking about like he's kind of underused in this movie and he shouldn't be you can do a whole lot more with him they just didn't and if you ended it with batman you know, sitting because cinematically after this, it was Justice League or Wonder Woman. It was Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah, um, I think that would have been kind of a good bookend because Wonder Woman starts and ends with the Batman scene, and having the torch kind of pass from Superman being your focus after he died in Dawn of Justice, like okay, Batman's taken over, so having him in this movie, but. We have Bruce Wayne in this movie, which doesn't doesn't give the payoff or the setup. I feel that the film and the franchise and even the actor deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is from you know after the end of um, Dawn of Justice is Bruce Wayne. I'm sorry, Batman being like, I will the Lex scene. Well, no, just the fact that it's. This hero now, this born again hero, saying, "I will find the others for, men for are Clark, still good for Clark Kent. Like mm-hmm. I will be the one to bear this burden to bring these heroes together, uh, to protect Earth and and stuff like that." And so, um, moving from then on, it's like we need to see this Batman trying to follow in the footsteps of Superman, and and that's. I, I see what you're saying. Like we could do a little bit more of that where it's like we're pushing this this mission that Batman has. Well, I forgot that about the, the ending of Dawn of Justice. Yeah, it it ends with well, not end ends, but you know, it finishes off with a Batman scene and we get to see that intensity. And I think if we would have seen that him handle Waller the same way he handled Luther 
you know, this goes back to my whole, is Waller the main bad guy? But I think it would have established Waller as uh, more of a equal, not even, I mean, not even as a threat, but, you know, if he sees her the same way he sees Lex Luthor, that, okay, she can do some damage. She is somebody important. But instead, it's like, oh, she just revealed my secret identity, and I'm going to go make some friends. It, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. The the beat there just, for me, kind of kind of falls a little flat. Yeah, it's almost as if um, as if we're 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 wanting for Amanda Waller to be held accountable, like Lex is at the end of Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that is just allowed in the literary makeup of Suicide Squad. I think it's just built in that Amanda Waller, that nothing does fall on her because she ends up just blaming everything on the supervillains. So maybe there was a point where it's like, hey, he can't have the same intensity that he has towards Lex to Amanda because really on paper, she didn't do anything. You know, it was just the villains. That I mean, were it was there. all approved by the government. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's really hard. Like, I, I think it's just set in stone that Amanda Waller just can't be held responsible for these bad doings. So, I don't think. I mean, so like the threats that Batman would would make on her are just they they're, they're empty. Mm-hmm. Well, there's difference in the public holding somebody accountable and Batman holding somebody accountable. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, for because sure. in the comics, you know, for years we saw Lex Luthor, you know, even become president. But Batman was like, no, I'm stopping this guy. I'm taking him down, even though the public loved him and everything. And so, I don't know. It just, sitting here, you know, watching it again and really uh, breaking it down, it just leaves you wanting more. And not not in a good way. You know, like sometimes you get that teaser, um, like at the end of Avengers, where, or at the end of Age of Ultron, which isn't everybody's favorite, but you know, it you is get, his. I I love that movie. Age of Ultron is so damn good. That's a that's a talk for another time. It's, uh, yeah, it, it <laughs> is. But man, I can argue that. <laughs> but you know, at the end though, you get Thanos grabbing the glove and gauntlet and saying, "If you want something done right." You do it yourself or, or whatever it is that he says and it leaves you wanting more but you're like wanting more of awesomeness you know it's like okay there's cool stuff coming but with this I think since we'd already teased the league in Dawn of Justice you know we saw all these characters already it's not anything new you know if if this would have again, to do the mid-credit and end-credit, if this would have been the mid-credit and then the end-credit is him sitting in the chair at Barry Allen's lair, okay, then we get that payoff. And it's like, okay, something's going to happen. But really, he's just getting more information than he already has, but he already knows about stuff. I mean, it's not... Am I that we already that know about know what I'm it. Saying? Yeah. That the audience already knows about it kind of thing. Which I understand that. Um, and I'm thinking like, I'm trying to think like, is it the fact that the cinematic, the shared cinematic universe is kind of in question by everyone in some way, studio, filmmakers, fans, 
average moviegoers it, because we each have our own questions about the road of this cinematic universe that now there's more of like a oh we would like to see more of this and now it's like will we see more of this like will we ever get to see is there even a possibility that viola davis amanda waller could ever be in the same scene as jesse eisenberg's lex luther like mm. like you know back in 2016 you might you might have had that conversation where it's like oh you have all these characters they're going to meet at some point and mm-hmm. now it's 2019 and we're going are they going to meet like, and yet marvel has general Rhodes, secretary Ro- or ross ross showing up like it's nothing and that was from incredible hulk man I like that movie a That's, lot. That, that, and that, even that end stinger has Robert Downey Jr. showing up in that. Mm-hmm. And like, there is an argument where you can say, that's different properties, yo. Still owned by Universal and all these things. So it's, it's a shame that the precedent is there from Marvel, but also it's so glorious that that precedent exists for having these on-screen characters to have the possibility to meet up in something else. But it just goes back to the demand of fans, and it's just like, that is just another bear you have to tackle. And it's probably something extremely problematic with DC and Warner Brothers right now. And I think, yeah, I think they're just... They... They got bit, and they flinched, mm-hmm. and it's like ever and since... And they haven't recovered, man. And they've just been like, we're just not going to... We're going to lock down everything. And mm-hmm. it's like, what are you doing? What do the Jem'Hadar's weapon have? They got uh, they got an anti-clotting agent in their guns. So you get shot by him, pfft, you're bleeding out, buddy. Yeah, and it's just like... That's what happened. It's just... Was that too much Star Trek? It was a little too much Star Trek. <laughs> it's uh, never but it too was much like, Star Trek. And it was like... Uh, it's just like they've locked down all these characters we can't use them it's like so we can't have we can't have like batman asking aquaman why atlantis is attacking the city or like why you know like having the flash show up or having superman show up in full appearance in shazam stuff like that and it's like what is happening why like i understand that justice league bombed and it was like Oh, okay. Put all, put all, all of that on hold. But it's like we can't even get a Flash movie going. Like we can't even like. What are you guys doing? Just green light it. Like already. Like they're so scared, and it's hurting them more being scared, and then they're being more. And it's like there's so much stun on them, mm-hmm. and it's like you guys are hurting yourself by thinking that you can just wait things out, and it's like you're going to wait things out so people stop caring. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then it's going to be pointless. And it's just, if anything, you needed to, to double down on it and commit to what you were doing. That to me, that's the issue. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up uh, about, you know, the president at Marvel set and buckling and stuff because they, uh, you know, when DC first started this, adventure they're like yeah comedy is marvel's thing and mid-credit scenes are marvel's thing we're never going to do those and here in suicide squad we have some very comedic moments uh more more so than any of the films to date that dc did and we get a mid-credit scene what do you i just want to ask you guys you know what do you feel how do you feel about dc 
kind of going back on their word, but as a reward to fans or listening to the internet and stuff and doing the mid credit scene since this is the first one we get. I guess I would question if it it's if it's rewarding to fans yeah. when they do those things because that's kind of been the problem with this film as we talked about it in these last 128 episodes is like there there is a good movie in here somewhere but there's so many moments of what are they doing to this film like they're completely rearranging it and doing whatever they can to quote unquote salvage it and it didn't need saving to begin with so it's just been rather odd um i'm not against end credit scenes or mid credit scenes i'm mm-hmm. i think i think to be on a on a or to to declare that there has to be a war for or against end credit scenes is silly um i don't care if the scene is in the middle of the movie or at the end of the movie like i just think that it exists and it, if mm-hmm. it does if it doesn't who cares yeah like but i think people get wrapped up in the rivalry and then they start to put word they they start to make claims for each side like if marvel did it that means dc cannot do it and it's like who are you to say yeah where'd those rules come from? like who who is that to say that if if a DC character makes a joke that they're quote unquote marvelizing mm-hmm. their films or that if you, you know, if, if Marvel's Trinity wants to do something that the DC did it first, um, it's like, I understand that they're influenced because that's how competition works. But to, to say that because one franchise did something that the other one cannot do it. Otherwise it's, it falls into like, Oh, you're just you're bending to like that strategy and it's like or maybe these people are just still filmmakers and they're like, Hey, this is this is great. Mm-hmm. Like let's do this scene where we tease the next film and it's like I don't know, it's it, there's it's just it's both. It's both like it's both like DC is allowed to do whatever they want, whatever tone they they seek for whatever fits that film, like whatever makes it successful. Yes. But at the same time, it's like you have to trust those filmmakers when they want to do that. And you can't just be like, you can't hit the red button just because you're scared. Mm -hmm. I I think I'm, I, uh, I don't mind that DC. I mind that they, you know, at one point said no, no humor, no mid credit scenes, yada yada yada. Because then you're then you're 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 backing your own self into a corner, um, and that's something that like you know the filmmakers that you choose might want to incorporate into their stories. Like Mark, what you said, at the end of the day, they're still filmmakers. They're going to make the film that they think is good for that character, good for that story, good for that franchise, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Honestly, look at Aquaman. I really don't care what the general opinion about Aquaman was. Look at that gosh darn movie. It was a movie, two and a half hours, something like that, Mm -hmm. about Aquaman. Aquaman. And it worked flawlessly. I could not tell you a certain point about Aquaman. This is just me personally. Couldn't tell you a point at all in that movie where I was just like, okay, come on. 
No, not at all. Big underwater coliseum fight. Yup. You're underwater with fish people. Octopus playing drums. Yep. You're underwater with fish people. Mm-hmm. There's humor in that movie. There's action in that movie. And it still has that dark Snyder-esque feeling that traveled on through, you know, the first three. It still fits. And it works. There's bright colors. There's dark scenes. There's all of this in that movie. And I think that instead of looking at, like, Shazam, where that kind of did take more of a Marvel treatment, where it is light, funny, comedy, family-driven, fun for the whole crew, awesome summer movie. Great, cool. But look at Aquaman. In between the two of them, Aquaman's the epic in that. And I think Aquaman should set the precedent of how you blend together the Snyderverse movies that you want to call them and this fan service that DC is trying to fit towards now. Yeah, but it, it's like you can also like with Aquaman it's like that's James Wan's movie. Exactly. And then it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. Yeah. That's the filmmaker's movie. Yeah. That guy took the reins and did wonders to that character, to the franchise and to that movie. Mhm. Like you and one you can't take that away from him and two just build on top of that. That same yeah. structure that you had just keep going forward. Yeah. Don't make yourself strict to, to time constraints and this whole plan for the next 10 years about these DC slotted movies or whatever the hell mm-hmm. they're doing. If your Flash movie has problems, work it out. Yeah. Don't give us a date on when it's going to come out. Don't give us a chemical makeup of what the movie's going to be. Don't say, it's like Deadpool. No. Get the filmmaker. <laughs> let them do their job mm-hmm. and show it at theaters if the fans love it, they love it. If the fans don't like it, hey, the fans don't like it. There's many, many, many movies, especially in franchises, that fans don't like, and they're still making movies. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, it's, it's like, that's all I care about at the end of the day, is that I could say it's Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman, that it's James Wan's Aquaman, that mm-hmm. it's Taika Waititi's Thor Ragnarok. like, And it's not, is this David Ayer's Suicide Squad? Is this Zack Snyder's Justice League? Like, mm-hmm. it's nobody. Those two films are nobody's film because of, it's gotten to a point where it's like, this isn't what they were working on. Like, yeah. And the more we watch it, the more we go, this isn't what they signed up for. That's not what they wanted to do. And it's like, that's where it becomes disappointing because it's like, it, it becomes, uh, it ends up having an identity crisis. And, yeah. and you look at it and you go, whose movie is and this? And maybe that starts, uh, maybe that's started to stem from the Nolan verse Batmans. I think at one point, fans got into a certain flow and they got this taste of what DC should be, and anything that diverted from Nolan's Batman was not DC. And well, it's like, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think where it comes from is the people... So Marvel has Kevin Feige, who mm-hmm. kind of... He's like the the den mother. Uh, you know, still... Yeah, the Russos, you're making this movie. You know, everybody can make their movies, but Feige kind of keeps everybody in order. At Warner Brothers... I feel like it's a bunch of people sitting up in a boardroom just looking at numbers saying, oh, well, like, you know, Nolan did this number, so we we need to do that. They're not looking Mm -hmm. at the storytellers, which is kind of stinks because that's one thing I do like about DC is their directors are all really solid, capable directors, but then the studio steps in as they, they don't have that in between you know kevin feige is the guy who 
when Disney fired James Gunn, he's like, I I don't agree with that. You know, he stood up for the guys, but then when, you know, Disney would try and do something else, he'd, well, guys, Disney's right. You know, yeah, we need to, we need to put this character in this movie. We need to do the Spider-Man thing. And DC never had that, that person, you know, to mediate between the, the talent and the corporation, you know, Zack Snyder kind of did it, but that he was playing, he was wearing too many hats. Mm-hmm. Um, on so you know, without even getting into his personal life and stuff, you know, he was just had a lot going on, and I think that's unfortunate. You know, that they never had that, and there's been rumors that James Wan may be the guy that's taking that kind of Kevin Feige spot, but who knows. Uh, the the problem is, and I I love DC, but I don't like Warner Brothers. Uh, you yeah. know, Warner Brothers, they always the, there's the bat embargo that was real big in the '90s and first part of this century, where you couldn't use Batman characters. That's why in Justice League we see Joker pop up like once or twice, but we don't get Nightwing or Scarecrow or any Robin anybody. Because, uh, and for the longest time, there wasn't going to be Flash in this movie because Warner Brothers believes that if they have an existing character, even though we've established multiverse numerous times, mm-hmm. that you can't have more than one Batman on screen. You know, you can't have more than one Flash or Green Arrow. And that's why now that Gotham is gone, you're seeing. Batwoman be picked up on CW. So you're going to get those Gotham characters, you know, but they weren't able to use a lot of them. And as we talked about the other day, Batman, a lot of DC villains, a good chunk of them come from Gotham. And so there's been, you know, when you had uh, Batman Unleashed, the Batman Brave and the Bold, uh, the Batman, all of those going on, while, like I said, Justice League or Teen Titans, um, that's why for the longest time on the original Teen Titans, they couldn't even say Batman or Bruce Wayne or anything because they didn't, Warner, again, Warner Brothers doesn't trust us. They don't, I don't know if it's they don't think we're smart enough or what, but, uh, and so I think that kind of comes into play here, you know, and it, it also goes back to, I think I've said it every episode, but every time we see Bruce Wayne, we have to see his parents get killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, because Warner Brothers is like, oh, no, we did that. You know, Frank Miller did that, and it was real popular. It sold a lot of comic books. Oh, Christopher Nolan did that, and it got a lot of critical praise, you know. But they're not... I mean, I'm not saying you need to necessarily listen to the Internet most of the time, because that's a horrible idea as well. But, (laughs) again, that's where that mediator comes in of, okay, well, you know, the the fans are saying this, and they're kind of right. Or... The fans are saying this, but you need to not listen to them. You need to follow this direction. Mm-hmm. And I, I put that squarely on whoever. And the, it's a rotating door. You know, the executive, the board, whoever at Warner Brothers. And anytime you get a new person in, the first thing they want to do is get rid of all of the last person's projects. And again, if you have somebody like Kevin Feige there who can be like, no, hey, this is my baby. I got it. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. It'll it, it can save it, and so I think you know all this great talent that y'all were talking about. You know, it, it all kind of comes back that Warner Brothers just needs to 
give their fans and their talent credit. You know, let David Ayer make this movie that he wanted to make. Let Zack Snyder make his movie. Because when they let Patty Jenkins make her movie, look what happened. You know, when they when they let James Wan make his movie, look what yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah, and that's I don't know. That's a little soapbox I get on sometimes. Is yeah. Warner no, it's Brothers true though. Is a pain. Yeah, there has been that that conversation of like maybe it's best if DC left Warner Brothers. Like like if Warner Brothers, if you removed Warner Brothers from DC mm-hmm. and separated them, mm-hmm. that DC could at some you know. There's ideas that it, there's greener grass elsewhere. Bring him the new line. The doors are always open. <laughs> Paramount. So, something Get like that. Get that Paramount money. I'm sure Universal w- is probably would be drooling at the mouth for that. Mm-hmm. Universal would like nothing more than to add that to their repertoire of you know Harry Potter and Jurassic Park. Everything else that they've been accumulating, they would be like, oh, I guess now they have a partnership with Nintendo, and it's like mm-hmm. they like. To compete with Marvel in that sense, they would they would love to have that, mm-hmm. um, and so, um, but and but now it's not until now in 2019 that we're actually starting to see some leniency with with names getting thrown out there uh, with Titans and Doom Patrol and the DC Universe app where it's like Swamp Thing. It's like you can say, "Yo, Cyborg, can I get a picture of you?" And like, "How's Batman doing?" And mm-hmm. And like, oh, I hear you're just, uh, submitting an application for the Justice League, or like, you know, you see, like, uh, in Titans, it was Robin and and uh, uh, Wonder Girl and Donna the, Troy, and they're like, oh, Wonder Woman and Batman are downstairs having a conversation, mm-hmm. and it's like, excuse yeah, me, they're talking about League stuff. Yeah, what did you just say to me? Yeah, and yeah. it's like we're getting to that point that we should have been on from day one like mm-hmm. like why is it so scary for green arrow to say batman exists in the next town over it's like so stupid because someone else is doing a movie of batman you can't have him in there and it's like oh we can't do a flash movie because there's a flash tv show and it's like you guys created the multiverse way back when yeah. that was like your golden excuse and you're like too afraid to say it and it's like that's the the hesitation that we're all getting mad about is that you guys lock things down because you're afraid Mm -hmm. and it's just it's firing back on you so we just need to move on from it we need to move on and with that we're going to move on Mm. because we're going to wrap up today's episode otherwise we'll be talking for another hour uh but if you enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at dceu minutes and the facebook group the dc cinematic minute listener society where you can join us to talk about today's minute or any minute you're catching up on And we'll catch you guys next time for Minute 129 of Suicide Squad.